0: So good to be here today, and um, what an honor. I know a lot of you already from, uh, we started a wooing several years ago, and how many of you have come to the wooing? Yeah. And we're going to kind of talk through some of that today, uh, looking at some Celtic Christian uh, principles and stuff. So it's going to be good. Uh, First, I'd like to introduce my beloved, 35 years, my wife, Trisha. And she's got, when we were in Youth With A Mission, the, the whole thing that always happened is I'd be teaching and then she would go, oh! And she'd run and grab the mic and I would start videoing her talking. So in fact, at the end of our time in, in that one year, uh, they did these, pant- these, mime, or these little skits and that was our skit is somebody stood up there and then the other person grabbed the mic. So she may at any moment come and grab the mic. In fact, I have a moment where I want her to come and grab the mic. And talk because she's definitely my better half on that. Thank you Saints Hill for being such a refuge for so many in this city. Although we are from different flocks all around this town, we're going to worship together forever with Jesus and there won't be any denominations or anything like that. And uh, even now one of my callings to Newburgh is to break down those walls and just that's why we do the Adore Nights and things like that. Let's just break down the walls and be the family of God. And I'd like to make a plug I felt like the Lord said all Sunday nights of this month to just have whoever wants to meet at six o'clock at, I call it St. Francis Square, across from uh, Chapters, you know, that little park. It's Francis Square. If anybody wants to join me, I don't play guitar, (laughs) (laughs) but if anyone wants to join me, I'm going to bring my djembe over there from six to seven and just worship Jesus. So if you want to come next Sunday night, I can't be there, but I hope somebody else will bring a guitar and djembe or whatever and... Cajon and worship Jesus, no agenda, we're not going to do, we're just going to see what the Holy Spirit does, so I'd love you to join me on that. Well, I thought I would bring a liturgy today, so I'm going to read the leader part and then you guys will read the other parts. Okay, Uh, oh, that's the other parts. There we go. And so are we gathered here uniquely in all of history, we particular people in this singular time and place. Tune our hearts to the voice of your Spirit. For it is you, O Lord, who have so gathered us from our various places. (laughs) Among us are some who arrive anxious, some who are lonely, some who suffer pain and sorrow. Among us are some who arrive rejoicing, hearts made light by good news, good health, glad anticipation. Everyone together? Breathe upon our gathering, O Spirit of God. Grant each of us a place to humbly receive and to faithfully serve. That we might know in this brief gathering a foretaste of that greater communion yet to come. O oh, Father, enlarge our hearts. O oh, Spirit, expand our vision. O oh, Christ, establish your kingdom among us. Be at work even now, O oh Lord. May your will in us in these hours be accomplished. Amen. Amen. Before I start into this part, uh, the last song you led was very much a pilgrimage kind of song. It really resonated with the message, and I felt like the Lord said that there are many here, I think including myself, we still have trauma from the whole COVID thing. Uh, I lost my brother-in-law during COVID. We had a really... Tough sickness, my wife and I especially. Be it was hard. It was, and, and I feel like sometimes we need to keep releasing the trauma of things. Even if you say, "Well, I got through that," there's a book called "Emotions Buried Alive Never Die," and I feel like to continually bring it. If when things, when you start feeling those things, release them to the Lord and receive his healing. So uh, even now, I mean, I'm not gonna have anybody stand if you're still feeling some of that, but I certainly felt like the Lord said to say this and to to just encourage you, as you start feeling any kind of trauma from anything in your life, bring it up, don't just push it back down. Bring it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I release this trauma to you and I receive your love. Sometimes it's a place you go, right? If you have to walk back in a hospital after something's happened, you, get, you feel trauma, and you feel like these things. Just softly say, uh, like we're talking about today, even as he talked, it's all through the week, this whole thing. So as you walk along, Lord, I release trauma. I release it to you, and I receive your love. And I just felt that as we were talking about that, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness— How many of you have ever been out on a a day that turns hot like this afternoon, Will? (laughs) Let's say you still have a heavy jacket on, right, this afternoon. How many want to get that off real quick when it gets humid? I mean, we were, I did a a gig last night with a band I'm in. It was so humid outside. It was outside, and we're just dripping. It was disgusting. But, uh, you know, we had too many clothes on. But even though I told the lady, you know, four of us used to be former Chippendales. It would be all right. Just joking. (laughs) But anyway... So you want to release that big, heavy garment and take on his light garments. And I just pray that to all of you individually, any trauma, but especially that COVID trauma that's still, you know, and you hear things about, oh, things are coming back and all that. We don't walk in fear. We don't walk in uh, those kind of reports. I just pray that you'll release that continually in your life. Okay. Uh, I wanted to introduce Trisha. I wanted to thank Alex, Jake, uh, don't, and Donnie, i've really never hung out with you so why do you not come to any of the lunches okay so i expect you at the next time we hang out okay yeah because i really want to get to know you i heard you preach one time and it blew me away it was so incredible i love your style and uh the whole crew hannah lexi everyone you guys are amazing uh i just want to thank you and uh, It said pray here, but I feel like we've already prayed so much that I'm just going to jump in. Okay, so we're going to talk about being on pilgrimage. And uh, pilgrimage is, I love this verse that talks about it so well from Jeremiah. And I want us to just say this verse together. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. That last part's really a bummer. It sounds like a really, really good thing to do. I just want to declare today, each of us is invited on a pilgrimage with the Lord. Turn to your neighbor say, let's go on pilgrimage. To ask God, he says, ask me for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. I think this is a good thing every morning, like our brother was saying. What do, you, what do you want to wake up and say, God, where is the ancient path today? Where is the good way for me to go today? Uh, the Christian life is all about this. It's a life going to God. It's a life going with God, to God. And as I talk about this today, I want you to think of it more as a being, being with the Lord, not a doing, doing, doing. The church is always, we always default back to the doing part. But I want us to think about the being part, like hanging out with Jesus too. So Eugene Peterson says this, In most ways, our life is similar to everyone else's life. We walk the same walk. We breathe the same air, same water, same groceries, same weather, same distresses. The difference is that each step we walk, each breath we take, We know we are preserved by God. We know we are ruled by God and accompanied by God. I love that part. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure, what accidents we experience, the Lord will guard us from every evil. He guards our very life. It's a beautiful thing. Psalm 85, 84 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, we were just talking about the COVID thing, would be a valley of Baca for many people. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I love that progressive idea of that. And my wife's gonna come up and share just a moment on that. But going from strength to strength to strength till we meet before God in Zion. And Trish has this really neat thing. She started talking about back in YWAM, dot to dot. Do you want to just share real quick on that? All right. It's like getting her up here is really a miracle, everyone. So.
1: Not really. (laughs) Okay. So think of this little heart. The Lord had me draw this, and it says heart in the middle, and it says everything's a matter of the heart. Uh, Every problem, every solution, where is our heart? Is it connected with God? So he's going to hold this. And so one day I was, it was before YWAM, but he gave me a picture well, he said, do you remember how you loved the dot-to-dot books? You know, I don't know if anyone remembers that as a kid, or do they still have them? You know, I love it I loved it so where they have the ABC or one two three and it was a picture but it wasn't filled in yet because you'd have to go line to line right so that was my favorite thing as a kid and I remember the Lord speaking to me about that he goes remember the time you used to just kind of eyeball it kind of squint a little bit and you're looking at it and you're like oh I already know what it is and there's all these numbers or all these letters and you're like I'm just gonna fill it in So as a kid, a lot of times I would try doing that. And you know what happens with that. It's like, let's say it's a person and like the shoulders like this and there's no arm. There's only one arm or or the legs aren't right. And you're like, oh, shoot. And you messed it up, you know. But the Lord was saying, that's like your life. A lot of times it's like the dot to dot. All of us, a lot of times we see... And I'm, I'm a person that sees ahead a lot of times. So I'm on A, but I know I got to get to Z. <laughs> and so if I think there's a faster way, I'm going to go that way. But the Lord's been teaching me not to do that because he said every dot is so foundational to the next. Because if you go from here to Z, you're going to miss all this connection with people. We're supposed to connect with Him and with God deeply, and we're going to miss all the struggles and all the complications and all the things that develop our character and our heart and our dependence on God. So I realized, as I was doing this, I thought, oh my word, that's so right. I don't want to miss any dot. So as I'm moving and I'm in, you know, the next dot, and I look back, if you look back at all, you think, How in the world was I a Christian before? (laughs) Knowing, now that I know here, that I didn't know here. Like, how did I even stand? But I realize it's the grace of God and his mercy that helps us stand each each dot. And if we just stay dependent on him and ask the Lord, is my heart connected to yours? Because we can get so independent. He gives us giftings, and of course we could go run with them. But maybe... And I know he has something more than what we see ahead. He wants us in these different dots, different stages, sometimes longer than we long to be. (laughs) But we're not going to miss a single thing he has for us. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Woo! I forgot to take video while she was talking. Well, part of our dots, I, I believe that's just... We get stronger as we go longer with the Lord on this pilgrimage. And uh, part of our uh, dot was a, a time we were invited to in Nova Scotia, Canada, which means New Scotland. That's what Nova Scotia means. And we were in uh, Cape Breton Island. At that point, we were introduced at this Christian retreat to some Celtic principles, Celtic Christianity. We had Ray Hughes there, who was the leading authority on Christian storytelling back to the old country, you know, kind of thing. It was an amazing time to just sit at his feet and learn about, like, St. Anthony. How many of you have heard of St. Anthony? Now, remember, a lot of these saints that we talk about in Celtic Christianity, they weren't Catholic saints. The Catholic Church kind of grabbed them hundreds of years later and made them their saints. But these, these dudes uh, walked a different path than the Catholic Church. But St. Anthony was in Egypt in, like, 250s, and he started this thing called the Desert Fathers. I don't know if you've heard about them. But this is the uh, basically the beginning of Celtic Christianity and this desire to be in a communal setting with other believers and just love Jesus together. So they pushed back on all of the things that had to do with making a big kingdom here. It was all about the kingdom of God, and it was all about experiencing God. It was about uh, experiencing God in nature, it was about being with your brothers and sisters basically in community. And they had some crazy things, like one thing that the early Celtic Christians did, if they heard a bird like on a tree branch and they heard that as a song from heaven, you know, I can't even whistle this morning, but they would take that branch after the bird left and they would write down the notes and they would make a harp and play that like as to the glory of God. Like this is a song of heaven on earth. Talk about new songs. Yeah. Let's go out bird watching later. I got some binoculars and, uh, You know, they believed if we play this song, we're going to see the glory of God, and they did. They lived in this pretty glorious community of simplicity where the Roman Catholic Church came in and only wanted to uh, work with those that were educated, those that would follow all their rules and things and build the kingdom on earth, like I said The Celtic Christians were like, all right, we'll take all the leftovers. The the people that just want to, like, you know, get together and and love Jesus. We don't know too much, but we want to go deep with the Lord. And it was kind of a really neat setting there for many years. Now, I know my, my mom did not agree with tattoos when we were growing up, right? I have one. Like, I got it on our 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah, I went all out. Those were some of the most painful 12 minutes of my life. And then my wife got hers and was just sitting there, you're like, you know, "Uh and I'm like dying, crying, like getting in a, you know, up in my fetal position and everything. But these Celtics, a lot of times, would tattoo from toe to head, and the whole thing was the story of Jesus, and it was all over their body, because they had an oral tradition, an oral language, and uh, had no written language, a lot of them, early on. But some of the things that the Celtic Christians brought to us are really neat. How many of you have heard of thin places? Thin places are the places where heaven and earth are like right there. I mean, there's like a little trembling membrane, but you're, you're, you you're feel like you're in heaven. Now, I want to let you know that even like this morning, I was feeling that. I've been feeling that in this service. We don't have to go to some place. We don't have to get mystical about this. Just go out in nature and begin to adore Jesus and cre- and just have that thin place with the Lord. Now, there are some places where it's easier, like at the beach, things like that, where you just stand out there and see the vastness of God's creation. They call it the primary gospel. The Celtics had just a little bit of the New Testament, but they had nature, and they would go out and just be in awe of God. So another one is uh, thresholds. You know, a lot of times we just rush around life, and we forget that all through our day or through our life, we're, we're leaving a place, and we're entering a new place. Well, they... They almost overdid it, you know. You'd be like, all of you guys stop at the door. We are now departing Saints Hill and heading into our week. Let's wait a moment, you know. But what I mean is like really understanding that there are changes in your life. There's thresholds of age, but there's also all through our lives that we need to thank God for what we learned, and then we need to move on ahead. It's a threshold. Another one is soul friends. They always had a meaningful, really deep friendship with a person uh, probably beyond their, like their marriage. So like me with another dude, like that we go really, really deep and you're just soul friends together. So that was one. Kind prayers. Now my mother-in-law, Sarah, before we would leave on a trip, she would walk around our car like, thank you, Jesus, safety, Jesus, Jesus. You know, I always thought it was so cute. And then I start studying this and going, that is like serious stuff. It's praying a prayer of protection around your children or around cars, around different things as people. And it's basically... What they used to say is, circle me, Lord, keep protection near and danger afar. Circle me, Lord, keep light near and darkness afar. Circle me, Lord, keep peace within, keep evil out. These things are pretty good uh, tools to use. So I like the verse that says, thou, Lord, art a shield about me. And so we pray that over our kids. We walk around their car now. We look really cheesy out there, and it's wonderful. Another one that we've kind of lost in the Christian world is silence and solitude. Um, we're going to try some of that at the end here in a few minutes. Where, uh, what we do in uh, the Quaker church, I'm going to share just a little bit about that thing called open worship. So we're going to try some of that here in, in a while, okay? So you're going everyone's going to center down and get a little quiet. But uh, that's a hard one. How many of you have a hard time believing that you shouldn't be talking during prayer? <laughs> I mean, I was walking the other day trying to be silent before God, and it was really tough. Like, Lord, I mean, i got to be engaged in this. Yeah, be quiet and be engaged. Try to hear my voice. So silence is really a big thing, and I think it's one of the values that we really need to bring back in our lives. Don't have an agenda when you go to prayer all the time. Just be completely quiet and just also enjoy nature while you're out there and just let that be the whole time and just like you're sitting with Jesus and you're both sitting and just enjoying nature, you know? Uh, another one is three essential things, and this was from Columba of Iona. Basically, all through the Bible, there's three essential things. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly, or there's faith, hope, and love, or there's Father, Son, and Spirit. So those are neat things. Uh, But the one I want to center in on for a few moments today is the pilgrimage, and it's the peregrinatio, which means pilgrimage, and it's a sense of walking with God towards the place of our resurrection towards our true self in Christ. Esther de Waal says that Peregrinatio is a journey that involves the elements of seeking, quest, adventure, wandering, and exile even. The purpose of this journey is to find the place of resurrection, the resurrected self, your true self. So the Celts refer to this type of journey as Peregrinatio mora. Christie and I just butchered that language. A journey for the love of Christ. How many know you're on that? You're on pilgrimage for the love of Christ. Such a journey would commence with a call, a deep desire within oneself to leave home and family and to wander beyond to unknown regions with Christ as guide and companion. It was insatiable love for Christ that drove many people to go forth. So we learned, uh, while we were in Canada, we learned about this guy named Brendan. And when he was a younger, he's Saint Brendan now, when he was a younger gentleman in about 560 AD, he decided to get in a coracle. Now a coracle is about a 12-foot round boat. The way they build them, when we were up there, they actually were building one. They stay on top of the water. It's really crazy. Even when people get in, they're, like, buoyant. So they stay up on top of the water. They built these crafts, and (laughs) this is crazy, you guys. What the Celtic, if they felt like God was calling them on a certain kind of pilgrimage, they would get in this thing without a rudder and sometimes without oars, and they would just push them out and say, God bless you and your pilgrimage. You know, so Brendan takes off and he floats inside this thing oh i gotta tell you there's three kinds of martyrdom in uh celtic christianity and maybe even today white martyrdom is letting go of control as in a 12-foot boat with no rudder right you're letting go of control we can correlate this with our own life this is a thing of like it's actually almost an idea of martyrdom to let go of everything Say God, like the gentleman was saying, even about your tithes and offerings, letting go early and trusting God. It's like this letting go. Red martyrdom was that you basically end up in bad territory and you get killed for Christ. That was uh, what happened to a lot of them. Green martyrdom was, well, you left all and then you floated into a foresty area. That was the kind of, yes, Lord. And then you set up a communal lifestyle, monastic lifestyle there. And that's what happened to a lot. So... It does say in the Bible, Matthew 10, if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you're going to find it. So part of our pilgrimage is not clinging to our life and our rights, our entitlements, the way we want to live, but saying, you, Christ, I want yours. Maybe someone here today is running uh, your own path, trying to silence the call. You know God is whispering in your ear even this morning. If you hear that Holy Spirit wooing you and calling you to something specific, it could be a certain education to go to a certain place. It could be whatever it is you would know. But maybe even today you're like silencing that, you know, you can stomp on the voice of the Holy Spirit and just ignore it and you can go on living your life. So what I tell you is that the best life possible is to stop and listen and say yes uh Tricia and I, will talk a little bit about our story here in a second, but we decided that at one point, we're going to give God our yes before we even know what he's saying for us to do. It's pretty crazy, you guys, but I dare you to do it. Give God your yes before you even know what he's going to ask you to do. So Brendan ends up floating around uh, Greenland, Iceland, <laughs> bumping against those countries, Newfoundland, and he ends up in Nova Scotia and... In their oral tradition, they talk about in the year 520 or so, there was a young man that came with white hair and blue eyes and told them of Christ. This is the Mi'kmaq tribe of Native Americans, which we've been able to get to know some people in there that are just dear to our heart. Uh, Much like Brendan, we're called to go on pilgrimage, and each person's pilgrimage will be different. He bumped and made his way into Nova Scotia. Now, I don't know how he got back over to Europe, but I guess he did. He didn't fly back like we do in missions, you know. I will go on a ship and then, of course, I'll fly back a little later and have air, airplane food and it'll be fine, but I mean, he got there and then who knows, but he ended up being buried in Europe, so he made his way back somehow. Uh, I think about... Peter, uh, you know, we, each person has their different pilgrimage, God calls them to. It made me think the other night about Peter was jealous of John at the Last Supper because Peter turns and says to the disciple whom Jesus loved, John liked to call himself that, he was the one who had leaned back against Jesus and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said, Lord, what about him? What about him? What kind of life is he going to have? And the Lord said, if I want him to remain here until I return, He'd be a pretty old fella now, but what is that to you? You follow me. What I want to get across here is that your pilgrimage will be different than your neighbor's, the person beside you. Don't go, well, what about them? Why aren't they called to? I mean, I'm going to go be in a really rough place, you call me to, but God's called them to a different thing. So we don't measure ourselves by others on this journey. Uh, I want to read this Psalm 121 together. This is a beautiful psalm for a pilgrim on pilgrimage. Let's read this. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. That's a beautiful promise from God's word for us. Immediately we see a few things. Psalms for Pilgrim was ascending into Jerusalem. Basically, they called that Zion. From the Hebrews, we recognize Zion as, let's say, our eternal home. So we're on pilgrimage to our eternal home, the place of our resurrection. I like the part that says, I lift my eyes to the hills. And basically, the psalmist is saying, if you look up to the hills, you're going to see the, the Ashtoreth poles. You're going to see the idols. You're going to see all of the things that they had in the high places. So I lift my eyes to the hills. Nope. That's not where my help's coming from. Lift it higher. My help is coming from the Lord. And he might be telling us, don't look at the usual places for your pilgrimage. Look to Zion. We see this from Psalms that nothing can harm us. Nothing can separate us from his love as we journey. The evil one cannot touch us. I want to tell some of you that struggle with, like, why does God let these bad things happen to people? Well, God has a whole different vantage point than we do. He sees no difference between the now and the not yet. He's living in the whole thing. So some of it, yes, I struggle with myself. I think we will learn as we get there. Ah, okay, I see it. But there is one promise for us. We were in Africa, we were stuck at an airport, and Trisha somehow got word from my daughter, I don't know how the text got through, that her mom had slipped and fallen really bad, that her dad had run in to help, And he had slipped and fallen even worse and was in a really, really dire place. And I remember Trisha's struggle with, Lord, I ask you to keep them well and keep them safe. Why did you do that? And the Lord, like, basically spoke to her. I didn't say I would always keep them well and keep them safe, but I said I would never leave them. I'm with them. And I want to tell you today that in this world, we will have troubles. So if you're struggling with that, and even with that idea of a God, you can know that the one thing God promises when we walk on this pilgrimage is that we lift our eyes higher. He will keep us from the evil one. That's the beautiful part of this journey. He's keeping us from the evil one. We are safe because of that. Uh, I wrote this on a card yesterday. We had a funeral at our church, and I love this saying out of Hebrews when we talk about Zion. And it says this in Hebrews. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. And you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and the sprinkled blood. Just that alone like, tells me what heaven's like a little bit. Oh, my word, countless angels, all of our people there are completely made perfect and well and all of this. It's pretty amazing. But this is also what, when we think of Zion, that we lift our eyes. We're, we are on trajectory to that, which makes all of this like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Like, I think as Christians, we should have such a great hope. You know, it says in the Bible, uh, you want to know a lesson on witnessing? It says, be so full of hope that people ask about the hope that's in you. And, and you know, we oft, often think, well, I need to be the one that starts a time of telling somebody about Jesus. Well, we should be so full of hope that they're the one that starts it. You know, it, it's almost, in the Bible it says, it's going to go backwards from that. They're going to see the hope in you and they're going to ask you, tell me about that hope. And anyway... As we go on this pilgrimage, we are apprenticed to Jesus. The disciples said, Master, we don't even have any idea where you're going. And Jesus replied, basically, I'm the way. Just follow me. I see that there's four routes that we travel. There are four different ways that we move ahead on our pilgrimage. And they are these, the trace, the trail, the path, and the road. I get these just from like you know, walking around. <laughs> you see these things, but we have a little trace by our our little beach cottage we have, and the other day we got like surprised by a little baby bambi just walking right up by us, you know, on this trace. So the trace is kind of a place where few have trodden before. Uh, it's definitely not been worn in. God might be calling us at times to that trace, other times to a trail. Like many have gone this way before me, but it's still kind of off the beaten path. And then there's a path as there's times in life when it's kind of wider and safer and we all enjoy those and those are already charted on maps kind of for us. And we have these seasons, right, of these things. And then there's times when you're on a wide road where it's just like, oh baby, this is, this is smooth sailing. And I, I think uh, as we read that liturgy this morning, you saw that there's people that came in here today in sorrow and in our joy, we go into their sorrow because they are on a trace right now. And then there's some that are in great joy, and those that are in sorrow, you go to their joy because they're kind of on the wide road. And that's how the body of Christ, that's how we function together well on these different things. So you might find yourself on any one of these things right now. I think of two stories in the Bible that I'm gonna illustrate with the trace. This was Abraham and Sarah. How many remember them? So it's pretty radical it's kind of, they knew about Yahweh, right? But they were living in their homeland and it's like suddenly in the scripture it just says God kind of picks them out, Abraham and Sar- Abram and Sarai and says, I want you to leave your native country, your relatives, your family's, fa- father's family and go to the land that I will show you I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Today you're blessed because they went on pilgrimage through a trace. We are blessed because of Abraham and Sarah's faithfulness to say yes to God. So they left their native country, their relatives, their father's family. Sometimes we read the Bible, we don't really think this happened on a certain day. They actually left for a place they did not know. They got, you know, their donkeys and things together. I mean, they had thousands of camels and donkeys. They were very wealthy. And they just left. They just went. And they just kind of went, well, which direction? Uh, I don't know. Let's go that way. Okay. I mean, pretty crazy stuff. Paul and Silas had the same thing, right? In Acts 16, it says... Now, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, which Galatia, by the way, is the original Celtics, are from Galatia. um, Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in Asia. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north. So they're starting to walk this path that they think God has. And then it says the spirit of Jesus comes down and stops them. So how would you like to be on your journey, and then the Holy the Spirit of God says no, then you go, okay, then we'll go this way, and then the Spirit of Jesus, I mean, it's kind of one of the only times in the Bible you see, like, it's usually the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of Jesus, I think it was, it looked a lot like Jesus, right? <laughs> I mean, it was, I think it was Jesus was right there saying, no, not at this time. So then they go and get on a boat, and they just, he has a dream, come to Macedonia, and he goes over there. So uh, all of these things were discovered by Peter, Paul, and Silas, like in one weekend, you know, like we're going to go on this trail. No, you're actually not going to go here. Well, then we'll go on this path. No, you're not going to go here. You're going to go here. I'll give you a dream. You're going to take a trace over to Macedonia, start telling them. So suddenly things change, and the Holy Spirit is good at that in our lives. How many can say yes to that? (laughs) he comes in and changes direction. Uh, You know, I I have something to say here about don't be independent from God. We can be, I think I said a little bit already, but I want to reiterate that. Uh, Ask the Lord. I want to be dependent on you. I don't want to be independent from God. If you're independent from God, then this whole walk is just religion at that point. You're just being religious, uh, but there's no submission there. And that's when burnout happens and exhaustion. We saw that in YWAM a lot. People would be go, 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 sick, 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 sick. Four months sick. Go, 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 sick, 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 sick. And we're like, there's got to be a better path than that. I mean, let's, let's find a rhythm with the Lord and stay dependent on him. And... This might be for someone here today, too. This isn't in my notes. But the Celtic people were constantly thinking, how can I take stuff out of my life and out of my schedule so they have a lot more time to be with you, Lord? Just adding that in. Like, look at your schedule. What can I take out? What can I get rid of uh, to spend more time with you, Jesus? So just a little bit of our story Uh Today, we were in Costa Rica with our whole family in 2010, had a wonderful time. Trisha and I just standing back and watching our kids minister on the streets in the barrios of, of uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, and just seeing that happen. It was a beautiful time uh, together, and it was really set a trajectory for us. Um, and then after that, our son David fell in love with the whole YWAM, Youth With a Mission, Youth Without Any Money. Young women after men. No, that third one's not fair. Uh, But because we had stayed at a YWAM base in San Jose, Costa Rica, he, uh, he just fell in love with it. We all did. And came home, and suddenly David's like, Dad, Mom, I feel called to YWAM. And we're like, yes. And then we're like, oh, wow. Actually, I'll tell you today, he lives in Denmark, He met and married a Danish girl, Esther, and to this day, although it's a wonderful thing to see him go on his journey, for grandparents it's like, ugh, our grandkids are six thousand miles away. If you're younger, you won't understand that pain yet. We do have one that lives right with us now, so that's great. But that was part of that journey for him. Um, The path became a trail as, as he left the family, and went into YWAM, and then. He came home around all of this time. Our whole lives were transformed. We were tired of life as usual, even though I was a pastor at a church uh, near near here, just 15, 20 miles away. Uh, everything I'd gotten used to it after so many years, 19 years, probably that time, like 16 years there, it just became easy. And I knew exactly what I was a worship pastor. And and I would leave church every week and just push the doors open and go, Lord, is that all there? Is this all there is? I feel like there's something more that you need to happen to us. And it did. Uh, Over the course of time, the Lord had us, he put us on a journey on a trail that transformed our lives. He told us to sell our house, sell our cars. We sold off all of our furniture even. And then lo and behold, we thought, we were ready to go. Here we're on, we're going to be on the path now. God has for us. No. He said, I want you to rent that house two blocks away. And we're like, What? Just, I mean, here's our mission field. Two blocks from our other house. Hello, old house, still collecting, you know, going up in value and all this stuff. And you start feeling and thinking, oh, my word. And then he said, I want you to buy all new furniture. So we went to Costco and just out in Hillsboro and just loaded up. We got a trailer and... Said, okay, Lord, we're going to do that. So we set up our whole house with uh, this big, they had a huge family room. And the Lord said, now I want you to worship me here. So we started a thing called Truth House. And we took, one of the reasons we called it that maybe was because the house was owned owned by some people that were not in the truth at all. And we were leasing up front. I won't tell you what church they went to. But anyway, we started having these worship nights there and... It was crazy. It was a thin place. Lots of people came from George Fox just to experience the Lord, kind of like the wooing, just no agenda. Let's just worship Jesus. But, uh, then Jonathan, our second-born son, went into YWAM. Oh, David, David, our son, came home from YWAM, and we heard this thunderous prayer going on in the back room one day. And Trish and I went in and got on our knees said, David, pray for us. We need, we need this, too. And he was so full of the Holy Spirit. He prayed over us, and we knew that that was uh, part of our journey and part of the trace and the path we were going to go on. There was still a time of restraint for us, but then the Lord finally said, the door is open. And we had kind of felt a call to go into youth with a mission ourselves now. And uh, I was at a luau, I remember, in Aurora, Oregon. And I'm like sitting there while they're cooking the pig nearby. It smells so good. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, God, if we're supposed to go to YWAM, Kona, you gotta let me know. I had read a book by the founders of Youth With a Mission, talked about the base there and stuff. And I look up from that prayer, and walking towards me are two people with shirts on that say Kona on them. (laughs) And I just go, whoa, what is that? And later that night, we're in the kitchen as they're cleaning up after this thing, and I had kind of not been around Trish too much because we were both like, just talking to people, and we, I walk in, and these two guys, I'm talking to them again. I say, Trish, she walked in, and she says, Kenny, at the exact same time, and we basically our sentences say the same thing. You gotta meet this person. They're from Kona. She had met a dude from Kona that was working out there at the YWAM base. So at the same moment, God reveals this whole thing, Kona, 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 and we ended up, there was some crazy other things that happened, including I was at a men's retreat and I was praying because I really felt, yes, Kona, my wife was still, well, I think so. I'm like, come on, the shirts, the other stuff, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Hear from the Lord, my wife. And it was funny, though, she woke up in the morning with something in her back. And, like, and I did not plant this. And she's like, what in the world is that? She got out of bed, she set it down, and the Lord like, told her, you need to look at what that is. It was a, tw- it was a quarter, and she said, oh, no. It was back when all the states' quarters were still kind of big, you know. She says, ah, Lord, if this is Hawaii. She turns it over. It says Hawaii on it. And it says, for the perpetuation of righteousness, which is the theme out there. We knew at that point. I did not plant that quarter. The Lord planted it there. And we started on a path in our life that became a pretty crazy journey for us. Then we ended up back here. And you guys might say, oh, he's a Quaker pastor. That's so cool. I'm sure that was all planned. No, no. We were just doing a ministry house here, and we said, hey, it'd be cool to go around to different churches. We visited Saints Hill, and we visited 12 churches, and then one Sunday morning, we woke up at, like, 10 o'clock, all, like, looking crazy, and I said, let's go to the oldest church in town. That was four years ago in a, a couple weeks from now. I said, what is it? We looked it up. Oh, Newburg Friends Church. So we just went there as visitors. Like the path that the Lord is going to put you on will have these kind of mysterious, wonderful things along the way that take you from strength to strength. And we walk in there, and Tricia starts having a tear go down her cheek the whole time during worship. It's simplistic, quiet. And we realize later on that Trisha's family actually came over with William Penn She's got better genes than Levi's. I mean, she's amazing. But they came over for the thing called the Holy Experiment with William Penn. The only treaty, by the way, that was ever upheld with the Native Americans was William Penn's treaty. All 1,499 other treaties were broken, which breaks my heart. But at the end of our story for being at the Quaker Church, they came up to us, found out I did music, hired me to be the music, I mean, just right away, hired me on to be part-time music pastor, uh, music coordinator, they called it. And I didn't really know what that was, but we, we, through this journey that we've been on, and I conclude this by just saying, each of you are on a pilgrimage, and today it might be a trace, a trail, a path, it might be a road for you, but I encourage you to give God your yes before you know what it is that he's called you to. We just said yes to the Lord, and I tell you, I want to be completely honest, just a dude up here. There's days I'm like, Lord, I do not want to be in a white town in Oregon at a Quaker church. There's just sometimes I'm like fighting with God. Like, what am I doing here? Because I had a vision being an island nation. I, I always see myself with these islanders, you know, like playing djembe. And maybe we'll be back there. And we got a little taste of that in Kona. But it is kind of interesting that Lord leads us on his path for our life, and we continue to give him our yes. I love the friends. We love the Quakers. We love where we're at. We're learning and growing a lot, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, your path and your pilgrimage, there will be times you'll go, what is this part of it? But it's always building you up to where we appear with the Lord in Zion. I like what Proverbs 16:9 says. We can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. One good thing that uh, Frederick Nietzsche said, only good thing, maybe, (laughs) one of the best things, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there be a long obedience in the same direction. That's what our pilgrimage is, a long obedience in the same direction. I encourage you on yours. And you know the old hymn, Trust and Obey. For there's no other way. We kind of turn it around sometimes. Obey and trust. For this is what you must It doesn't work lyrically. But sometimes it's like obey and then trust the Lord after that. Um, We're going to read this together. Something that Augustine said. And then what we're going to do is enter just as much as you want to do of a time called open worship to end our time together. And then uh, Jake will come. I mean... uh, Alex will come and do communion. So let's read this together from Augustine. All shall be a man and hallelujah. We shall rest and we shall see. We shall see and we shall know. We shall know and we shall love. We shall love and we shall praise. Behold our end, which is no end. We are on journey and pilgrimage with Christ. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store or visit our website.